millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is it. The next time we meet in this studio, the rugby season will have properly started in the United Kingdom and Ireland. Exciting, isn't it? So one, <sighs> one more time before the start of the season. Hands in. Heads in the game. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. This is the big preview podcast for the Premiership and the Pro 12. Any more words you want to offer that begin with the letter P? <laughs> no. Perineum. <laughs> Paradigm. There you go. There's just a couple more. It is the big preview show. We've got so much to talk about. We're going to waste no time. But just to let you know that today is also the day when Phil... This journey started a few months ago and the Fan Free Agency is a chance for any club to put forward to Phil why their club should be the one he decides to follow as he's never, ever been a rugby fan before having played to a decent level with Sedgley Park, man and boy. So today, Phil is choosing a team which he will buy the shirt for, go to matches for, and that club will automatically, as a result, get even more coverage on the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. I am Tim, that is JB. Hello, Tim. And that is Phil. Hi, Tim. Are you getting any jitters, Phil? Because we don't know what you've picked. I've no idea. No decision has been made for a few days now, but, you... but no one, not a single person knows. My girlfriend's been asking me all week who I've chosen. And you've not told her? I've not told you've her. You've told her. I have not told her. She owns you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, what have you just been doing before you came to this podcast? <laughs> Paint- uh, painting and decorating her, her new house. Her house. Does your house not need painting and decorating? A uh, little, little bits of touching up. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> there we go. As right. I was doing it until half ten last night on a, on a Saturday night. Rock oh, and my roll. God. Uh, well, when I came back at half ten last night, just an insight into the Egg Chasers' lives, uh, Jay was in my front room doing a jigsaw. Yep, I've been to a 30th birthday party, declined to drink, went home, thought, you know what, I'll do a jigsaw with my good friend Stephen. Lovely. Yeah. Very cultured weekend. Uh, we've got Phil's selection to look forward to. We've got, I'm going to try and put someone forward into Banter Squadron. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Pro 12 and the Premiership and lots more besides. But what I want to do is some quick fire opinion on a few of the big topics in the news in the world of rugby. So... I'm going to start the timer. We're going to have 20 seconds each time. And we'll start with you, JB. And what I want to talk about first is, well, you're a Welshman, Ooh. the agreement by the WRU with the Welsh regions. Right. Uh, I suppose it's good news. Peace has broken out. I'm a bit devastated because I really wanted to see Sam Warburton play for Bath. But it <laughs> looks like he's going to be playing for Cardiff instead. On the face of it, everyone's pretty happy. Uh, the Welsh players will be staying in Wales, and when all the various two-year deals are up in France, we'll get the boys back. However... Phil, oh. Phil, come on. Uh, interesting thing that they're kind of following Ireland's lead with the foreign player quotas. So I, I can't remember if it's either six or eight foreign players will be allowed, of whom two will have to be Welsh qualified as well. So that's good to bring the players back in and, and have the young Welsh players... Coming through. Good, yeah. No, I'd agree with that one. And I say that finally, sense has prevailed and the WRU needed to pull their socks up. It's been farcical, uh, but finally uh, they can get back to it. And it's, I think this is actually going to improve the quality of the Welsh international team. No. Which they've performed really <laughs> admirably well, uh, given uh, the situation that it's been in with the player drain that's going to France and whatnot. That's a good thing. Uh, player drain to France is a great thing. It means that all the regions can develop the, the young guys who can then go to France themselves eventually. On the face of it, it looks good. I actually disagree. I like having all, all the young kids play week in, week out against Munster, Leinster, all, all the rest of it. And let our internationals go play for Leicester like Owen Williams has. Phil. 
But if those youngsters are getting hammered week in, week out by Munster, Leinster, Ulster, um, none of the Welsh teams got into the top four in the Pro 12 last year. Don't care. Three Irish, one Scottish. (laughs) So they're not getting that experience of of the big games. They're not playing in front of big crowds and it's it's not going to develop them like it should do. All right, just what about the spectator? Crowds are going to die. The Pro 12 as a product is going to die if the Welsh regions don't increase their level of quality and I think it's a good thing for the competition which means there's more money from Guinness Pro 12 which is going to get filtered down to the youth players so it will have an effect on the youth team uh, and the youth players coming through for Welsh rugby as a whole anyway there we go put put that to bed Hmm. wow I I enjoyed that (laughs) I don't know about you but I'm more excited about watching Pro 12 matches for some reason my interest in the Pro 12 games coming up this weekend um, it's been heightened more right now than it was this time last year or the yeah, year before. this time last year, I wouldn't have even known Pro 12 was even kicking off. I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> but I think there's another thing which people have missed out, which is going to contribute to the competitiveness of the Pro 12 even more than the Welsh deal. And that is the European deal. Because if you think about it, there's no relegation in the Pro 12. And as such, if you were like mid-table, you didn't really play much, uh, play too hard towards the end of the season because there's nothing to play for, right? Yeah. But now, one from each country goes into the yeah. European game, right? Yeah. And then everyone else has to qualify. Well, that's already changed things. Yeah. yeah. So that's now it's, yeah. it's has, it has to be competitive throughout. But they can't just uh, shut up shop. Well, do you know what? We, we, we drew the comparison. Let's get on to this then. We drew the comparison between the Pro 12 and the television show... Game of Thrones, <laughs> um, which we're all fans of. If you, if you haven't watched it, you really, really should. Well, basically, Game of Thrones involves jumping from different territory to different territory. Lots of clans that don't like each other. Exactly. Yeah. And we thought, there we go. Let, let's try and preview the forthcoming Pro, Guinness Pro 12 tournament uh, in Game of Thrones fashion. JB, would you like, like to start Westeros? We've got the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know who who the, who the Welsh should be, but some sort of dysfunctional house. So I'll just quickly go through what the regions have been doing. I'll start off with the Blues. I quite like their, their transfer activity. Uh, I think these might be the strongest of the Welsh regions this year. They'll be putting out a Welsh front row, sorry, a Lions front row, albeit a six-year-old uh, <laughs> Lions front row from the South, Af- South Africa tour. They've got the Lions captain back, which is nice. But I think the guy who's under the radar, not under the radar so much if, if you're a Welsh fan, but maybe for the English listeners, will be Rhys Pratchell. Look out for him coming up um, to Awesome Internationals and Six Nations. If he gets a run in the team, he may, may well be the Welsh 12 or even the Welsh 10. He got man of the match against Leicester in a losing Cardiff Blues side this weekend. Ospreys, basically now a bunch of kids uh, led by a 75-year-old, 28-year-old in Alan Wynne-Jones. Um, <laughs> He's plays... seen some battles, hasn't he? He's been on the battlefield oh, many yeah. times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alan Wynne-Jones. Big loss to lose um, Hibbard, who was an absolute warrior. Of course, uh, Adam Jones has now gone gone to the Blues. And, you know, the most successful of the Welsh teams, I'm not entirely sure if they're going to be that successful this year. Cool. Planethley, um, Kind of treading water in my in my own opinion. They've they've lost a great centre in Jonathan Davis. They've bought one bought one in in Regan King. They've strengthened the squad, but with uh, unimpressive players. Uh, and last of all, the Dragons. If nothing else, their club socials are going to be great. They're basically <laughs> bringing the band back together. Got... Hold on one second. Let's just hear from Scott Cornell. What have you got to say about the Dragons? I've unleashed the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So in Game of Thrones fashion. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, they're bringing back. uh, (laughs) They're bringing back Andy Powell. They're bringing back um, Burn. Lee Burn. Alan Brew. Alan Brew. Ian Goff. Ian Goff. My God. Oh yes. Wow. So the socials are going to be great. I don't know what the rugby is going to look like. (laughs) Got a a wonderful centre in Patrick Leach. And, um, well, let's see if this works. They're, they're also very, very well led. I think Lynn Jones is one of the best Welsh coaches out there. Uh, and we move north of the wall to the wildlings of Scotland. Uh, <laughs> Edinburgh, now they're one of those teams, we just mentioned it, they focused on the Heineken Cup almost exclusively in previous years. Didn't really bother with the Pro 12. They'd leave all their big guns on the sidelines for that. But that means they've finished eighth position and find themselves in the second tier European competition. They're going to be taking it a lot more seriously but I don't think they're going to get out of the mid-table uh, despite their 
a few South Africans and a New Zealander and a couple of mediocre Scots that they've brought into the team. I think they're going to struggle again. Glasgow, however, beaten finalists. They've had some record ticket sales. They may have lost a load of their um, backs. Well, they're nine and ten. But JB will be delighted to hear they got you and Murray in. So Great. That's, that's, all your, that's all a team prayers answered wow. right there. Uh, Leinster in the first match is going to be a test of where they're at, a rematch of that final, final from last yeah. year. Uh, and then we move uh, across... Hold on, what would the Italians be? Dothraki. No. Yeah. 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 Bravosi, perhaps. Bravosi. Bravosi or maybe Are you reading the, the books? I don't know yeah. Bravosi. You're ahead of uh, me in the books. Brav- yeah, Bravos, Bravos, where the, oh, the yes. Iron Bank is. Yeah, Bravosi. Well, go, give them the all Bravosi. Right. All right, we'll go, we go to, uh, well, the Bravosi flamboyant Treviso squad who've been, well, in Game of Thrones parlance, they've been raped and pillaged. (laughs) And all that's been left is a burning shell of a town. um, I don't know how they're going to put a team out, let alone do any good. I think they'll finish bottom. I think Zeba, who have been the whipping boys, have brought in the other Bergamasco, Mirko, to join Mauro. Mauro, they've got Bortolami. They'll be 11th. That's it. Bottom of the table, simple as. And we move across the narrow sea to the, uh, the men from Ireland. Yeah, who last season, three out of the four, well, three out of the top four were the big three island teams. Now, it feels like a bit of an end of an era. It feels like kind of a, a red wedding moment in Ireland. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've had, there are a lot of legends retiring. Brian O'Driscoll, Leo Cullen, Johan Muller. Jamie Allister. Stephen Ferris, <laughs> Paddy Wallace, Dan Parks. <laughs> Tommy Court and John O'Foa both gone to How have you loved Dan Parks in the legend <laughs> category? <laughs> He's one of the top point scorers in the all-time Pro 12. It's because he never got picked for international. <laughs> um, See, so yeah, all those legends retiring, and there's not many big names being brought in. Leinster have done a bit of shrewd business. They brought in Kane Douglas from the Waratahs mm-hmm. and Ben Teo, who will probably be looked at as Brian O'Driscoll's replacement. But Leinster are looking at their squad. It's unbelievable. They've got almost two internationals in every single position. <laughs> uh, at one point last year, Ireland, all four of Ireland's squad props in the match day 23 were Leinster props. Wow. Well, so that's, Leinster. That's definitely following the Game of Thrones, uh, Thrones theme if there's a plethora of hookers about. <laughs> so Leinster, again, will be the team to beat. Munster, again, a strong strong squad they got to the semi-finals of the Heineken Cup last year so yeah I think again they'll be top four in the in the Pro 12 they'll be Heineken knockout stages probably and then Ulster Ulster Connor. yeah uh, lost a few coaches we've got um, Les Kiss back Les Kiss wow <laughs> made our porn 15 <laughs> and they've they've brought in a couple of young props uh, from South Africa Australia they've got some young props to replace Tommy Court and Afoa who've left Ian Humphreys is back from uh, London Irish, and they've brought in a, a guy called Lewis Ludick, who could well play fullback to allow Jared Payne to play 13, which is perhaps where he'll play for Ireland if he Ooh. goes down that route and they go down that route. And what'd you say? Just Connor, they're the other one. Connor, they're, they're the well, other team. Mills Mulliana is playing for oh, Connor this that year. That is awesome. <laughs> Uh, 33 or 34 so he's, he's a big name he's probably the biggest name that's been brought into the league probably since Jerry Collins to be serious Brad Thorne perhaps Brad Thorne Jerry Collins name, and also who's the centre who plays for South Africa P- P- Pinar's a big big name in there but... is it Jan de Villiers centre South African captain okay good well, there we go just put a huge thank you to Joe Heron who wrote me a did all JB's prep for basically him. did all my prep some of Phil's prep and <laughs> some of Tim's prep and wrote me a 10,000 word essay sorry we couldn't read it all but it was awesome a preview of the Pro 12 so thanks Joe thank you very much and it's at Rugby Podcast you can catch us on Twitter now that time has come uh, and this has been a few months coming as well uh, let me just reset the situation so Phil hung up his boots at the end of last season after another frustrating season full of injuries he said, that's it. I've had enough. I'm finding myself working away in London quite a lot. I don't have any body part which functions <laughs> consistently enough to, to play. He's played from the age of 10 with mini rugby at Sedgley Park. He stayed with Sedgley Park, man and boy, one mile away from where his mum and dad's house is and played with them up to the championship and then back down a couple of leagues as well. And uh, you've, you've knocked it on the head, Phil. I have, unfortunately. The thing you notice, though, when you stopped is, oh, what am I going to do? I don't. I kind of have never followed a team like a lot of people would. So we thought, well, let's give Phil that experience. 
but tell us why it should be your team that Phil decides to support. That's mm. what the fan free agency was. And there have been loads of people who have been pitching why it should be their club. And you've, over the weeks and over the last few months, been saying yes or no to putting clubs on a shortlist. Remind us of the shortlist. One of these teams is going to be the team that in a moment, and me and JB have no idea what he's going to say, you're going to pick it as your team. Wow. Yeah. So Ulster, Bath, Leicester Tigers, Old Sullivans, Harlequins, London Irish, Northampton Saints were the teams in there. Uh, when you came up with your don't, again, I, JB and myself don't know and don't tell us right now but was it always this gut feeling that you were going to go with this one or did you did you move in diff, pull in different directions and um, no I've not been decided uh, until Monday of this week can, can I ask some X Factor style questions yeah go on okay. can you describe the emotional journey leading up to this decision <laughs> well let me tell you about my thought process on Monday Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did on Monday was look at the teams that I'd put through to boot camp and I felt a bit guilty because mm-hmm. I looked back to the previous pod and I'd rejected Newcastle probably more based on my kind of preconceptions than based on the cold hard facts and I decided to put Newcastle back in to boot camp. Wow. So they, they got a phone call, they came down, they packed their bags and came down to boot camp, boot room. JB, you could be going to Newcastle for our <laughs> podcast where we're going to go to the ground and do a Ooh, podcast there. <laughs> so yeah, Newcastle, based on the strength of that, we're in there. So then the second thing I did was reject the two clubs that I thought I would uh, least like to go and visit. And that was, unfortunately, Old Sullivan's RFC. And Newcastle Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! That's like you know how when they when they reject someone from X Factor and then someone goes they'd like you to try to be in a be in a group coming back singing actually no we were right first time no do one yeah so Newcastle briefly made it back into my my thinking but then then got dropped out and then I rejected two more teams London Irish simply because you support them Tim yep. for now and Bath. Because JB support them. I don't support- oh, I thought Bath would really be a contender. I don't support Bath. Where's this well, wow. Bath and Exeter are your two favourite teams. <laughs> so who, two hot tribals. Who, who are we left with? So that that left us with Leicester, Ulster, Northampton, and Harlequins. Whoa! Genuinely, whichever one of those, I think they're all very good teams, built on good foundations, good following, and I think wherever we went, we'd have a pretty good time pretty good day out I think you're like Dermot O'Leary pausing for (laughs) 10 minutes come on so Northampton dropped out Leicester Harlequins Ulster and Harlequins because hopefully we'll get to watch an England international game so this year so we'll be boozing in Richmond anyway one one lovely day so Harlequins dropped out (gasps) Leicester or Ulster Leicester and Ulster now they're they're content that they're going head to head in the first round of no, so we're going to watch them anyway of Heineken Cup matches. They are. We we will probably be going to watch that game. Uh, so we're going to we're, we're going to be going to watch your t- new team, and your new team is Leicester or Ulster. It is, and I made my decision based on a few things. Oh, <laughs> oh come on, Bill. <laughs> The team that I've gone for, the team that I will be supporting from now on, is Ulster Rugby. Wow! Yeah! Who would have thought that? Hold on, let me, hold on. Give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. Yes! yes. Well done. Wow, I did not see that coming. You are you are a bona fide fan of Ulster Rugby. I am. I bu- I've bought the shirt. Where is it? Unfortunately, it's not been delivered yet. Um, what? This is outrageous. On Tuesday, first thing Tuesday morning, I uh, went onto a well-known rugby site, a uh, famous rugby shop, and ordered the shirt. I ordered the expensive pro fit. Nice. I paid extra to have uh, Ruin Pinar, number nine. Oh, on, oh wow. nice. On the back. And I paid extra for express delivery so I could be wearing it as we recorded this. When I paid it, they then messaged me to say, anticipated delivery seven days from now which is not very express in my opinion. It's not very express. So I responded immediately via email to say, do you not know who we are? This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Exactly. We should get better service than this. Did they know? Uh, If they did, they didn't let on on their response (laughs) email, which basically said, we cannot guarantee delivery before next Tuesday. So it's not been delivered. So I I didn't want to 
name the shop that no, uh, let not me down. You. Don't give them any any publicity at all. Just for instance, if I wanted to get an Ulster top with Rue and Pina on the back, where would I get one? Because I can't go to that supplier. No, you cannot go to that supplier. But I would recommend trying someone like rugbystore.co.uk. Good store. Like worldrugbyshop.com. Nice. Like rugbyheaven.co.uk. They wouldn't have made that same Excellent. mistake. No. No, especially, I'm sure all of these people know exactly who the Egg Chasers exactly. Rugby Podcast exactly. is. Exactly. Shoprugby.com, perhaps. Yeah. Good store. Barringtonsports.com or, like, or milletsports.com. Any, any of those. Anyone but the one that we're not going to mention, which is the one that let us down. But... Let's focus on the positive. Ulster, you have a new follower. Yes. Ulster, Phil Largan is a fan. I am. He's bought the shirt. We're going to be over to Belfast then. Yes. I looked at Boys fl- on tour. Looked at flights. Uh, we can pick them up in January when the Heineken Cup games are on for 50 quid return at the moment. Super. <laughs> Which is not bad at all. Um, so any get any Ulsterman, you, uh, we might be asking for you to show us around and when the Egg Chasers come on tour. I'm quite pleased about that. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed. I don't want to go to the Bath. <laughs> we can still go to Bath. Yeah, you can have to go to Bath at some point this season. Jay, the other thing JB wanted to do as well as go to Bath was go and saunter around Richmond, watching yeah. some rugby. Well, I'm still going to do that anyway. And you told me about the time you said yes to a job in Richmond, <laughs> only to find out afterwards, after you'd already agreed to it, that it was Richmond in like near Darlington. Yeah, I lived, I lived above a stable for six months. The closest house to me was a mile and a half away. Closest pub, three miles. Closest town, five miles. <laughs> right. Wow. Banter Squadron! I'm going to try and get somebody into Banter Squadron. This is where we celebrate and give honourable titles to men in rugby, and women and referees and all the rest of it. People people in the world of rugby who safeguard entertainment, the spirit, the banter of rugby. And we've got the Honey Badger, Nick Cummins, in there. We have got Donico O'Callaghan in Banter Squadron. Referee Nigel Owens is in Banter Squadron. And Joe Marler is in Banter Squadron. And when at Twickenham the 12 Aviva Premiership captains, well, mostly captains, mm. uh, turned up for the press shots. Joe Marla put, uh, was asked some questions to camera and showed just why he is in Banter Squadron. He was asked the question, favourite team bus story? No, you can't have any team bus stories. Team buses are for... You know what they're for. <laughs> That's why you're asking the question. <laughs> So I can't answer that, I'm afraid. Thanks for asking, though. It means a lot. Yeah, no. I know you're not being genuine. It's fine. How, how are you feeling today? Yeah, I don't care. I wasn't being genuine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Joe Marler's in Banter Squadron. I'm going to try and put someone else in right now, uh, and I want to put forward... Would well, you trust that man to make the decision whether you kick or go for a line-out <laughs> or, or anything? He'll just look at Rob Shaw... I want to put forward London Irish player and Canada international Jeb Sinclair. Here's why I think he should go into Banter Squadron along with those fine names we've already mentioned. It's essentially for his consistently high quality of Twitter activity. I'm going to read out some tweets that he's given. Now, I think if people realised how good he was and how fun Jeb Sinclair was, they would do what they've done with the Honey Badger, which is ask him questions and Joe Marler and ask him questions Mm. on camera all the time. So... Jeb Sinclair, some of his tweets. Facebook is down, which means Tinder is down, which means Mike Mayhew is pacing around the flat, pulling what few hairs he has to look at. <laughs> uh, heard they caught the four guys in that Claremont attack. You remember that was in the yeah, news? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did they N- catch nasty them? attack. Um, apparently so, yeah. Heard they caught the four guys. The, their punishment should be locked, being locked in a cell with Jamie Cudmore. Oh, yes. Definitely. <laughs> He says, uh, Carl Heyman has a normal-sized nose on top of his actual nose. (laughs) A plastic surgeon will be able to put his kid through college reshaping that bad boy. (laughs) He's uh, he's consistently brilliant uh, on Twitter. He said, I'll tell you this for free. Obese, A Year to Save My Life is the best show uh, show on TV. I'm just watching the weight melt off one tier at a time. (laughs) (laughs) And heard a funny anecdote this morning. Money can't buy you happiness, but it's more comfortable to cry in a Mercedes than on a bike. (laughs) (laughs) He's good. He's brilliant on Twitter. And there's that picture of him riding Ian Goff's motorcycle naked. Yes, I like that one. So I, I don't know if I've made a case strong enough for Jeb Sinclair... To well, beat in Banter Here's what I'd say. I, I like what I've heard so far. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility for someone with a connection such as you, Tim, to get Jeb Sinclair on the show to make sure he actually does fit into Banter Squadron. I'll get like a 
two-minute interview, something like that. Ask yeah. him a few interesting questions. I think you're a man that could do that. With your resources, Tim. Yeah, your connections, Tim. All right, so if we can get Jeb Sinclair on the podcast, he's uh, we can do that to officially ratify him and welcome him if into he makes Banter me laugh. Squadron. If he makes me laugh, yes. All right, okay, fine. Well, fine. Well, what's your view, you, Phil? Do you agree with that? That sounds, it sounds a sensible solution. Right, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that. I'll work on it. Uh, let's get to the premiership then. Now, Phil, you came up with a genius idea of, um, of how to kind of get excited for the premiership returning. Well, I, I, Jay came up with a genius idea. I'd love Did to I? Take, I'd love to take credit for it. Um, it was looking at the squads and comparing where they have competition for places. Yes, I did. <laughs> looking at the big matchups in the in the various teams and who will win the individual personal battles. Yes, it started off because of the Bath inside centre debate because they've got four quality, well, international quality inside centre. Well, well, let's start there. So this is the. Uh, before we get into actually looking at the individual team matchups, let's look up at the matchups within the squads. Absolutely. And we'll start at Bath. How is the centre combination going to be decided? Who are going to be the starting first choice Bath centres? Well, JB, who do you have? Well, obviously, I'll go with Gavin Henson <laughs> and whoever else wants to play alongside him. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Well, let's assume Jonathan Joseph is fixed at 13, England yes. International. When he was fit last year, he was awesome. So then you've got Henson, Eastmond, both Welsh and English internationals, Oli Devoto, who finished the season as first choice, and Burgess, Sam Burgess. who Could, you, you sort of rule Eastmond out as being a 13. Could he not fit a 13 position as well? Um, He probably could do. Could Burgess-Eastmond be a combo in a year's time for Bath? Possibly. I, I think... His defensive positioning is a bit too suspect to, to think, try and slot him into another new position. Yeah, I think they want to move Burgess eventually to the back row. Well, that's what I've heard. Let's no. start him at centre and move him in. It's an interesting comment. Mike mm. Ford said he would start at centre. Does this sound like an organisation that has no idea what they're going to do with this nice, shiny new object? Yeah, it sounds like it's not fully thought through because they've got three like really high-class inside centres and they're bringing another one in. Yeah. Let's think a year's time, and you'd have to say Sam Burgess, he'll probably, if he can adapt to rugby, he's got the attributes to be there. But for this season, I am going to say Jonathan Joseph, and I'm going to say Kyle Eastman. I will also go for Eastman uh, and Jonathan Joseph. I thought Eastman in the first game against New Zealand, he was fantastic. Eastman? In the second game, defensively. He had that little spat last year, didn't didn't, didn't he? And I wonder if he's quite the same. Yeah, he's interesting, end of last season business end of the season and he was tweeting pictures of himself in Marbella and Oli DeVoto was tweeting pictures of himself in a 12 jersey yeah yeah, mm. yeah. but I, I probably would I think Eastman if he gets his head in the game and he gets a good run in that shirt will be awesome let's do this one quickly then Owen Williams Freddie Burns at Leicester I mean obviously Owen Williams is out suspended for the first portion of the season Freddie Burns will probably have the 10 shirt for the start of the season but who a month or two from now do you think will be the ranked number one fly half? I think if Freddie Burns plays like he has in the past, I think Freddie Burns will hold that spot. I'm going with Williams all the way. I think Williams is a better game manager. He's steadier. And I think Burns is a bit inconsistent. I'm going Freddie Burns to be the number one fly half at Leicester. Mm. Uh, and Leicester, let's stay there and move into the second row, into the engine room, because they've yeah. got an absolute multitude of richness there. So many options. Five international second rules. It's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely well, that. Jeff Parling heads later. Put it out there straight away. Is that too obvious to pick? That to me makes sense. One Captain is Captain and Lion. Captain and Lion, yeah. Uh, I think Ed Slater did say he'd missed the start of the season, so it gives someone like Kirchner uh, or even Deacon or Brad hmm. Thorne. Deacon's had a long, long Brad time. Brad I know. Wow. Brad Thorne. There are question marks as to whether he after a serious knee injury age 39 whether he will get back to his best but well he's not going to get back to his absolute best no but get back to where he was prior to the knee injury if he could just be Brad, Brad Thorne I'll be fine <laughs> so yeah I'd, I'd say the first choice would be Slater Parlin alright two Wasps they're back three who is going to be wearing 11, 14 and 15 for Wasps this season because Elliot Daly was the fullback last year but they brought in Rob Miller yeah, They've obviously got loads of Daly wingers. Play thirteen occasionally, though. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's where that's what I was going to say. I think that's where Elliot Daly will play predominantly is outside centre. But they've also bought in Leua. Yes, uh, I can't remember where he came from, but from Chiefs was it? 
who can play outside centre. So will will he play outside centre and Daly play 15? You'd have to say a fit Christian Wade will be nailed on and then probably he, he will be the Premiership's top try scorer at some point, Tom Vandell. Yep, but that's overlooking Will Hallou, who was their player's player of the season last year. That's true. On the wing. <laughs> It's like someone That's... gave Dai Young some money and said, whatever you do, don't go and buy an, out- buy an outside back. And he came back with <laughs> <No>. two of them. <laughs> uh, Quinns, hookers and tighters. They've got about four England international players. Uh, yeah, well, three England hookers were, in, were on the tour to New Zealand from Harlequins, which is absolutely incredible. But that was at a stage when every single English qualified hooker who was fit was called up pretty much. And at... Tighthead, they've got Carl Sinclair, who was one of the breakthrough players of last year. Will Collier, who was injured and probably would have got more game time out in New Zealand had he been fit. Paul Doran-Jones. Paul Doran-Jones. Oh, yeah, who, England international, who was second choice to whichever of the young lads was fit, incredibly. Is this one of those seasons, a bit like, I think it's a bit like Henry Thomas at Bath. I think it's one of those seasons where Carl Sinclair needs to not play too much rugby too young. Yes. In that position. He's only 21. I think he's getting better, though. I mean, I thought that when I first saw him against Dad, I, like, I thought there's no chance that this, that this kid's gonna, kid is going to last. As the season wore on, he looked better and better and better. He'll improve by playing against the best teams. Yeah. But, like Tim says, play him too much if he's put out there week in, week out, not getting time to recover I'm going to say it'll be Dave Ward, Will Collier, starting yep. yeah. the Queens. Interestingly, though, Joe Simpson was the one who made the England bench rather than Dave Ward. Who did I say? Joe Simpson. Joe Gray. Joe Gray. Joe Gray, sorry. Yeah, say, wow. Joe, Joe Simpson. Simpson okay. Joe Gray. <laughs> I suppose his throwing in's okay, but... <laughs> yeah, he'll do it standing sideways and <laughs> passing it from the floor. It's probably an indication of teams that are particularly strong that, we're, that we've mentioned Harlequins, Leicester, Bath mainly. Saracens. Now, you'd think they'd have more players... Positional battles. Positional battles no, this where is, this is two or three people going for one shirt. This is my point, which is Saracens don't have that because they've spent them, they've spread their salary cap more wisely than say Bath. But as we saw last year, Bath lost. Well, they they lost their top four position because they didn't have enough cover. They lost a couple lads in the front row. They lost two hookers. They're down to the third choice hooker, and that meant that they were underperforming. You've got to have that depth. Mm. Look at look at the Leinster team that I mentioned before. They've got. Two international players in, in pretty much every position, and that's what will win your Heineken Cups and ch- uh, championships. But is it? Uh, yeah, but you can't have that with the salary cap. That's yeah, the whole no, point, isn't well, it? No, but another another element is that the one thing that Saracens players always come out and, and talk about is how good the atmosphere is within the squad. Is that is it very very clever man management that they have got an almost a, a first fifteen which almost picks itself, but then very good players who know they're not quite as good as the guys. So they'd never get... I mean, Chris Wiles is never going to be really upset that he only gets 10 starts a season and yeah. plays mainly from the bench because, actually, I'm coming on for Chris Ashton. Squads win leagues, teams but win cups. Northampton were very fortunate to have such quality coming through from their academy. They were. Like Waller, like Haywood at Hooker. If they hadn't have had those, then they wouldn't have won the league. They, wouldn't, they simply wouldn't have been there. So, yeah, you've got to have the balance. Let's, I suppose let's just look at the fact there's been a lot made of things like concussions and injuries in rugby and every team that we've talked about who have positional battles, especially the ones in the forwards, they're going to be the ones where we've also predicted that they're going to be somewhere near the top of the table. There, there is definitely a correlation between the two. I'd, I'd say so, yeah. Can I win to what Broughton Park yet? <laughs> JB's been doing hand signals at me and Phil I for a while. I haven't, I haven't. Can I talk about... Can I just talk about... JB wants to get something off his chest. Hey, look, it just annoys me, OK? So, <laughs> right. rugby, rugby cliches. That's what I want to talk about. Rugby cliches. We were on the end of a rather embarrassing loss yesterday. Uh, when I say we, I mean Broughton Park. Um, we lost... Hold on, hold on. Just back up. I thought you weren't playing. Well, here's my problem, and I'm sure a lot of people will identify with this. I don't really want to play anymore, but I don't really want not to be in the first 15. I don't really not want to not be part of that group of boys. That's the thing about rugby. It's not necessarily I want to run on a field every weekend, but I do want to be part of of that social group. How's that been socially? I mean, I know mainly, Phil, you've filled the void that, that rugby has left by painting your girlfriend's house and, and, be, and doing jigsaws. whatever she commands you to do. JB's also been doing some jigsaws. But how, are you, how have you found that? Like the Sesley Park boys, do you... Do you Keep in touch with them all. They've all had pre-season together. Are you a little bit out of that loop now? Yeah, a bit out of the loop. I'll be going down this weekend to see the first game. Uh, will will they recognise you? Will they remember you? Or have you just turned over the whole team? Uh, we'll see. We'll find out next next Saturday. It's It's been difficult for me because I've been working so much and like 
traveling up and down the country, traveling between Manchester and London. So I've not really had time to do do that mm. kind of thing. But I, I found myself quite a few times like missing preseason, missing kind of the not yeah, many, the, the not social side. Yeah, it's a social side, isn't it? It's seeing yeah. the lads every but it's Tuesday, it's Thursday. Preseason when you're being put through really hard drills, and but you're all in it together, and like you look across and everyone's struggling, everyone's feeling the pain, but you're like. You're doing it together. That would be that That's... would be that would be my criticism of some of the rugby teams I played for. Exactly, the preseason is where you forge the bonds that carry you through those hard moments in seasons. It's not actually all about the physical development that you make or whatever, although that's important. But it's actually unifying force that that preseason has when it's really tough to get. I think Saturday night's unifying force. Well, yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> oh, I agree with oh. you. But times I played at Broughton Park, sorry to bring them up and for criticism, but you'd have boys that would turn up on the 1st of September and they'd be straight in the first team. Yeah, well, yeah and that's I, it no good at it does, all. It, and, and it does affect the, the morale of a team, I think. Anyway, JB, you wanted to get something off just, your chest. Just about rugby cliches. Uh, I mean, nothing annoys me more than a good... Ru- ru- no, rugby cliches and people that don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> now, if you get something wrong, you get something wrong. And that's fine, we all get something wrong, occasionally. But when someone's giving you the answer to what you've got got wrong... Please be a man and take the answer. I, I gave him the answer. And I need, I need more it. detail. This is this is cryptic. Well, unfortunately, we we played against Bolton. Bolton team that's just been promoted. And they're not they're not a bad Into team. Into your league. Into our league, and we played them in the cup. And um, we had a few selection issues, which ended up with us not being able to defend wide and not being able to uh, attack wide. And the second half, after we had some injuries to the wings, we shipped two or three tries. Can I predict what the end of this story is going to be? You told the coach you should play on the wing. I did mention that. Yeah. <laughs> I did mention that, but that's not the point. Here's the point: and every and every rugby team or every rugby player who gets coached in this manner will agree with me 100. percent It's when the coach comes into the change room after afterwards and says, "Boys, we told you how to win. We told you that you need to go out there and be aggressive and do this. And in the first 20 minutes, you didn't do it. And it's the first 20 minutes that uh, lost the game." No, it wasn't the first 20 minutes that lost us the game because we were ahead for the first 20 minutes. It was the first 20 minutes of the second half when we had no wingers on the field and we shipped three tries. That's what did it. And all I'm saying is I really dislike rugby cliches uh, when they offer solutions, which aren't really solutions. Oh. <laughs> so, when, they, um, when they don't listen to your solution, you mean? Well, it's there. I mean, I, <laughs> I dedicate a, a large part of my week talking and looking at rugby. It stands to reason I might know a thing or two. But no, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Do you feel better for that? Uh, well, let's see what they do, do next week. But um, <laughs> We will see. We will see. Hmm. Well, to be fair, next week I won't have anything to say because there's no way they'll be playing me first team next week. Why not? <laughs> well, they listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just sabotaging your place so that you can watch Bath play against Sale? Well, I'm banned from fighting jiu-jitsu. I uh, probably won't... Um, be playing first team. God knows what I'm going to do on my weekend. Just come and watch Sedgley with me. Can I paint? Can I paint Claire's house? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some predictions for the uh, for the matches this weekend. I mean, we've got the rugby championship coming back as well. So, I'm so about, I have. How much rugby is there on this weekend? Is it possible to consume all of it? I reckon it is. What you need to do is you need to Sky Plus it, and you need to watch highlights only, or, yeah. or uh, Virgin Media record it, or, uh, <laughs> or, 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 get, or get a BT box. There's, there's rugby championship. Yeah, New Zealand, Argentina. Oh, no. In New Zealand. Oh, no. Oh, that could be ugly. 8.35 Saturday morning. <sighs> New Zealand will win. Argentina, looking a decent team, though. I don't think it'll be... It, they won't put 50 past them. Yes, they will. <laughs> yes, they will, Phil. <laughs> I think they might. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and so, oh, Is it in South Africa or Australia? It, it's in Australia. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a t- that's a tight one. That at uh, five past eleven. So immediately after. Oh wow! Our Saturday morning is sorted. Which yeah, that should be a tight one because Australia on the back of a hammering, South Africa on the back of a poor performance against Argentina. So yeah, that, that could go either way. I'll go a home advantage win. Australia for the first win in the uh, mm. this year's championship. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go South Africa. I'm going to. They'll correct their scrum. They'll perform properly. I think South Africa. I can't see past and. Not a massive win. A win. A win. The fixture matchups for this weekend. The Aviva Premiership. We'll rattle through the fixtures, give uh, our predicted winners, and then we'll focus on our match of the week. So, uh, Phil, you got the fixture list in front of you? I have. So, match of the week will be Northampton Gloucester. We'll talk about that in a sec. Agreed. Sale versus Bath. I think a Bath win. Oh, Henson v Cipriani, the 
<laughs> the boy band matchup. Uh, I, uh, I would say Sale, who did win home and away last season, uh, but they looked a bit undercooked for me against Worcester. So yeah, Bath very narrowly uh, could be a Sale win there. Uh, JB, Bath, right? Bath, absolutely smash them. <laughs> no, I, I really don't think they'll smash them. But no, no, it's guaranteed. Well, I've well, just said it. Okay, it's guaranteed. Thanks, Jay. Okay. Uh, Saracens Wasps. PC, PC Wasps backline, but surely Saracens power, Saracens win. And early early or late in the season that you fancy Wasps more than you would in November or December. Agreed. Plus Andy Goode's going to be pull, pulling the strings. They, <laughs> Saris. Saris don't have anything like Andy Goode. I'm going to go... They definitely narrow. don't have anything like Elliot Daly, Christian Wade, Tom Vandell, Rob Miller in the backline. Um, but do they shut them down? That's the thing. Do they shut them down or what? Yeah, I'm going to go Saris just. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, Saracens, I guess. Phil? Uh, yeah, Saracens. Right. Then, Leicester-Newcastle. Oh, should we just move on then? Leicester, <laughs> five-point victory. Done. Whoa, Phil Godman, uh, Phil Godman inspired Newcastle. No, Leicester. Leicester all the way. London-Irish Harlequins. Uh, I'm going to say London-Irish. Just Wow, uh, just really? Biased. Uh, I think, they're, I think they've, they've bolstered their pack big time. And uh, I'm interested to see Chris Noakes at 10. Oh. Yeah, interesting. Quins for me, please. Uh, Quins for me as well. I think they've got a good all-round team and lovely new, new kit. They do. They, they will be. <laughs> they will be hard to beat. And then London Welsh Exeter. Um, I'm gonna. Oh, I think London Welsh will give a really good account of themselves. Um, I think Exeter will just win though. Uh, I completely agree with you, Tim. It's going to be London Welsh taken to the woodshed for some two by four. Exeter are going to smash, smash these guys. <laughs> You think they'll win like five points to zero points, as in like five oh, try, try, try scoring it's bonus points? It's going to be bonus point time, definitely. Wow. Big talk. Uh, and our game of the week uh, in the Premiership, Friday night, under the lights, Northampton Saints at Franklin's Gardens against Gloucester. The big question here is, will Gloucester's bolstering of their front row be enough to get parity with Northampton and will the packs be a matchup? Because that was the big weak link for Gloucester last year, wasn't it? Yeah, and you saw, we mentioned it on the pod, Northampton scored a driving mall try with three Gloucester players holding onto their ankles being dragged across the turf. That was men and boys, wasn't it? Yeah, end of last season. embarrassing. I think Hibbard and Afoa will strengthen their scrum enough to get parity. I think Northampton have got an absolutely superb pack uh, Mm. to a man right across the eight. I think they'll be bigger and stronger overall. And more mobile. A lot more mobile. I mean, Hibbard's a great player, but... Is he as mobile as Hartley? Hartley, or, yeah. You know, a fellow great scrimmager is, you know. Well, no, he's you, just. But you look at Gloucester, Calamaphoni and Ben Morgan and uh, hopefully Matt Kvezic that we knew at Worcester rather than Matt Kvezic or last season. That's a long time ago. It is. <laughs> it's a long but, time ago. But hey, he's, he's had a full season off now. Yeah. A full pre season off. And uh, he did say that uh, Laurie Fisher, who has in the past worked with Hooper and Pocock. Yes, um, he has. Has been. Working, have... working closely with him, so that would be that could be very good if, for England. If Matt Kvezic if... is even ten percent <laughs> of a Hooper or a Pocock, uh, I, I know. Fine, it won't happen. <laughs> I'm going to go Northampton at home. Northampton yeah. by five to seven. Uh, points. I think more than more than seven points. I think Northampton by Northampton 12. by two. Ah, Ooh, interesting. interesting. And in the two tens, you've got kind of a bit of an ace in the pack, unpredictable Maverick in James Hook, assuming he starts. And you've got the metronomic Mr. Consistent Stephen Myler. Mm. I think Stephen Myler gets overlooked by people just because he is he doesn't do anything flash. But well, he does. I mean, you remember that offload from last season in the corner? Was it against Bath? But he he is less exciting. He's not going to make a break and go fifty yards no. round in the fullback, is but he? You, but he's the sort of, James Hawks, to be fair. We've talked about this before. Fly halves that win World Cups, get their kicks, do all the basics right. Yes, agreed. Hang on, here we go. Now you're <laughs> saying this as if we all agreed, and I didn't agree to this because I always point out fly halves that win World Cups. Let's just put that to one side because it's every four years. Fly halves that can that can win titles aren't always like that. Look at Quade Cooper. It's the X factor, which you want. Which sometimes works. A lot of times works. Look at the Reds last year, finished 13th. Uh, Quake Cooper's injured for... for, for yeah, all. he was injured for the big... And, big. well, I, I just think, I think Stephen Myler better than uh, than people give him credit for. Because, Agreed. I do agree with that. A lot of, a, a lot, doing the basics right, there's nothing wrong with that mm. in my book. Nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> so we're all agreed Northampton are going to win? Yes. 
Uh, right, well, let's move on to our Pro 12 brethren. And um, our pick of the matches there is Glasgow-Leinster. We'll get to that. But let's, let's start with some of the Welsh teams there, Phil. Yeah. Friday night, Ospreys at home to Benetton Treviso. <laughs> um, move on. Next. Yeah, the, <laughs> the dismantled. Will Benetton, Do you well, know, after I'd all... say get along to, what's the stadium called again in Swansea? Liberty. Liberty. Get along to the Liberty with your boots. Uh, you might get a game for it. Benetton. <laughs> if you've got uh, any Italian heritage, get down there. Friday night. I'm trying to get excited, I really am. Munster, Edinburgh. Which oh, Munster, Munster at home, you'd expect a big win there. Munster yeah. to beat a bunch of second-rate South Africans. Next. Scarlet's Ulster, 2, uh. 240 on Saturday. Now, this is more interesting. It's Ol- a w- Ulster. Ulster, Ulster away. Ulster beat Leinster away in the final week of pre-season in last weekend. They did, yeah, 10-7. I think this will be a good game. I think this will be a very good game, in fact. Scarlet's to win this. Whoa! <laughs> no way. Big really? Talk. Really? No, no, no. Not against my boys. No uh, way. Not uh, against Phil's team. Ulster, Ulster. without Muller, Afoa and Tom Court aren't the same team. I don't think they can live with Scarlet's in the back. Right, well, we'll see, won't we? Yeah, we'll see. Next up. Connacht. Newport Gwent Granite Dragons. Uh, no more. End this torture. <laughs> Connor. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Connor at home. Tough place to go to. Anyway, if Andy if Andy Powell scores a hat trick, I'll I'll talk I'll I'll talk about it. That's it. <laughs> then on Sunday is Zebra Zebra uh, versus Cardiff Blues. Hmm. Now Cardiff Blues very strong team this year. Zebra did beat them twice last year. Is that right? Wow. They did the double over them last year. Goodness me. Um, what do I do with this? Where are they Cardiff, put- Cardiff. Cardiff. There will be a different team. There'll be a force this year. Yeah. In a way that they haven't been the last couple. Okay. Fine. Completely agree. And the final game, the big game. Glasgow Leinster. Repeat of last year's final. It's in Glasgow. Now that final was very competitive, wasn't it? It was for periods. Leinster were comfortable winners in the end. Uh, like pre-match. <laughs> is Sean O'Brien back and fit and playing in pre-season he is he played oh, he, yes. he, he captained the side against Ulster excellent the week just gone um, it's got to be a big Leinster win do you reckon I don't think a big Leinster win but I think Leinster will will win by I'm going to say they'll win by 10 points mm-hmm. yeah Leinster by, by a, a converted score uh, we're really going to have to stick with this Pro 12 and hope and hope it does get me more excited in the future I think I, I think it will do I think it might do I I'm, think that's a really good point you made earlier that now qualification is based on where you finish in the Pro 12. Yeah. That's going to instantly change the approach where we it used to be the joke. Remember we used to make a joke this time last year about the number of actual first choice players playing in a Pro 12 match. Yeah. Or the Rabo Pro Direct or whatever it was. Yeah. Like um before we moved to Northampton, George North had played more games for Wales than he had <laughs> <laughs> than he had for his region. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So yeah. And uh, looking at the top 14, just picking out one fixture from that. Claremont at home to Racing Metro. So Racing beat Toulon uh, this weekend, just gone. Okay. Mm. Big performance. Wow, yeah. And Claremont lost at home to Montpellier uh, for the first time, lost on Friday night for the first time in God knows how long. Yeah, wow. 70-odd matches. That's a, that was a big moment, that. Claremont losing losing that game. Yeah, um, certainly was. Um, so that is hell of a game and it's in Claremont again it is Claremont again I'm gonna, I am can't see it happening twice lightning striking twice. no 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 Claremont will, will bounce back their, their vociferous fans will demand it it'll be interesting I'm to sure see Claremont who, will deliver yeah it'll be interesting to see who they pick at full back because they've been swapping between Abendon on Benders Benders and uh, Jean-Marc du, uh, not Dusan uh, Bhutan they've lost a few players yeah over the off season and then a few more players got into an altercation yeah, which means they're not available. I just wonder if they're struggling a little bit for quality within within the fifteen in the squad. Ah, they've still got some good players. Yeah, yeah, they have. Still Wesley Fofana and Jonathan Davis in the centres. Ooh, how many better club centre partnerships are there well, in Europe? Claremont to win. I say Claremont as well. Jay, yeah, why not? <laughs> Their enthusiasm is uh, amazing. Can we navigate through the the TV schedules and work out how much, how many brownie points we're going to need with our other halves <laughs> in the next few days? Uh, Friday night, seven seven forty five kickoff, Northampton v Gloucester. Saturday morning, you said it's New Zealand Aust- Argentina early doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is eight thirty five, and then at eleven eleven oh five is Australia South Africa. Oh, wow! Wow! wow. Oh, Christ, I might have to go to rugby, uh, to rugby before that finishes. Leinster Glasgow is Saturday. Oh. 5.15 on Saturday. And that is on uh, Sky. 
Got the London doubleheader from Twickenham. Ah, yes. Both Saras- games in the doubleheader. Saracens Wasps, followed by London Irish Harlequins. Well, that's going to clash with Leinster, surely. Is it is 1-1 and 1-3? It will clash. The second half of London Irish Harlequins will clash with the first half of Glasgow Leinster. Oh, that is just... God, it's complicated trying to work all this out. Well, we need a Gantt chart. <laughs> and uh, we need some good excuses for how we can sit on a sofa for a full 24 hours between Friday night kickoff and Saturday evening when the rugby will finish. So that's 28 hours of rugby if you watched everything without, if you recorded it all and watched everything without uh, without any interruption. Oh, and don't forget the 12 hours of American football which starts next. <laughs> oh, my word. How do we do it all? <laughs> I mean, because we will. We'll, we'll, we'll have see, to. to be... Now it's at the very start of this podcast. JB was giving Phil stick for painting his other half's house. Phil is just a forward planner. Mm. Phil knows what he's doing. Phil really. Phil has spent the whole summer being loving, attentive, loving, painting a... everything. How about you have your own summer and then watch rugby? <laughs> That's why that would be my suggestion. JB just got married and grumpily parted with loads of his money. That's how he's justifying yeah. this whole rugby situation. It wasn't my money. And actually, when you think about it, we got a loft conversion at home and that's probably like my thing. We can't afford to go out, darling, but best stay in. Exactly. <laughs> Saturday exactly. night, let's watch some rugby. Oh, what a weekend next week. What a weekend. What a weekend. The winter's back. I love it. I love it so much. Winter is coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good times. In a bit, Jake. Bye. In a bit, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.